Toronto is one of the highlights of our year. At the King's, for the last two decades, give or take, the panto means only three names, Alan, Andy and Grant. We invited them onto our podcast to talk about the panto and whether or not it's still in their diaries this year. And the new boy, Jordan Young, was included in that invitation. What laughs they have given us over the years and what a laugh I had during our Zoom call with them. We recorded it for your enjoyment here. Share the fun now in the latest episode of the Edinburgh Reporters podcast with Alan Stewart, Andy Gray, Grant Stott, Jordan Young, the panto goodies and villains of the Kings, the old lady of Leven Street. Thank you so much, all of you, for joining us at the Edinburgh Reporter. We're just delighted to have you all. Well, well, we weren't very busy at all, apart from Graham. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you're going to be busy very soon. But um, the thing is that, you know, Edinburgh and Panto go hand in hand. And to everybody in Edinburgh, you are the Panto people. And Jordan, I'm going to include you in that, even though I haven't met you yet. And uh, so um, I really just wanted to know, and uh, do we know yet, is the Panto on or is it off? Nobody knows. We don't know. No, the, the only the only information that I have had from uh, any former reliable source, I had Fiona, who's the new chief executive of the Kings and Festival Theatres, on my show couple of weeks ago and uh, we were just sort of checking in as we, as we were doing with a lot of venues around Scotland and I inevitably asked that question because it's, it's one of the questions I'm getting asked the most at the minute is is the panto happening and uh, she generally doesn't know either because they've not made the decision I think they're following everything week by week with regards to the government advice and the health advice and you know social distancing and everything like that so it's it's as we stand nobody knows yeah and of course now that we've got schools going back however being a major u-turn and all the kids at at, uh, scottish schools are now going back on august the 11th i suppose it has to give us all a little bit of hope that maybe you know maybe theaters and things will actually uh Come we could we could maybe do what they're doing in sport. We could maybe do what they're doing in sport, and you know they're getting you know like when NBA starts back up, they're going to start projecting the the video footage that they use in the computer game NBA Two K, and and put the sound in and put the you know they'll have, they'll have a wee man pressing the button for when you know a basket gets. So we could maybe have somebody in the audience pressing a button for all the laughs right on cue and things. So that that might work. I can imagine work. how much we would try and blackmail them to go every time I speak. <laughs> Oh, you get booed at the wrong time or something, it's the wrong button. Like, Jordan, oh, no, Jordan, that button. Jordan and Grant, as football fans, what do you think of the, the soundtrack on the, the footballs on television at the moment? I, I, I quite enjoy it. I'm all right with it. Yeah, it kind of works for me. I'm not a fan. I look at it and think it's pretty real. Yeah, they just because you, well, you're watching it on the telly. I don't know what it'd be like in the ground, but watching it on the telly, you know, you can easily get lost and forget that there's no Yeah, I think yet. it really helps. It really helps, definitely. What is it like? What's happening? They're just playing, like, crowd um, singing, chanting uh, over the game. But it's obviously, it's the same thing. It's So if there's a chance or a near goal, they press that kind of whoa thing. Uh, so it's, it's brilliant. Really well done. 
good. So it's like the old days of telly with the laugh tracks and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better. Yeah. It's real, yeah. <laughs> Go back to the question, Phil. The thing is, you know, if they. They want to get theatres, you know, need to get people in the doors. That's why That's why they're there in the first place. And they need to make money. And that is the problem. If there is kind of any social distancing whatsoever, it's going to affect, one, the atmosphere of the show, how many people they get in the theatre, the ticket prices, etc., etc. So it's going to be, it'll be, a, you know, they've got a lot of decisions to make. I think the whole thing from the very outset, um, it changes almost on a daily basis. You know, you can go from a couple of weeks ago to go and there is absolutely zero chance of panel will happen. So you don't know, is it on, is it off? And of course, no, you, you guys, Andy and, and Grant, you were going to be doing your show at the Fringe. And of course, that's, well, presumably mainly off, even even if certain relaxations come in. Um, so what are we going to do instead? How are you going to, can you do a virtual panto somehow? Can How can you... Can you keep entertaining your audiences in any way? I think I think we can do something, and we've actually, you know, we, we have a Zoom every every Thursday night along with uh, Pex, who's the, the MD at the theatre, and we have actually talked about what if there is no panto, what could we do? Because it would be nice to still do something, even like this. If we did, I know Jordan, you did something up in Aberdeen with Alan for uh, for a charity, and you did a couple of routines and things. So we could, I think, if though know, the worst came the worst, and there was no panto, I think there would be something you know for us to put together creatively uh, but it would never replace what what we're missing out on but it would have to be something that the, the you know the production company and the theater were kind of on board with as well so that it, it looked good it was you know costumes and a bit of that a bit, a bit of pizzazz i don't think us sitting around like this and doing a couple of routines would be very entertaining no so much the entire art form is reliant on audience participation yeah, exactly. the entire thing is you need the audience there. So to do it, you like on a Zoom or, you know, us in different cities, uh, you can never recreate the timing or the or what that live feeling, I don't think. Yeah. But, you know. And that's the thing as well, which comes into the thinking behind, you know, you want to get, because we're, we're used to the big houses at the Kings day after day. And, you know, if there was some kind of, you know, you know, they had to cut back on audiences, that would be a very odd experience as well. Not, not only for us, but for the audience. <laughs> I've seen the, the photographs of what a theatre could look like if they did the social distancing. That was at two metres, mind you. And it just looks impossible. Financially, it's impossible, but it's just being possible to work to that empty, an empty room. Because I, th I think if you're in, you're in the audience, you get carried away with the audience and the audience around you. And if you're all of a sudden on your own and there's a space around you, then you will feel a little bit self-conscious. You may not relax as much as you, you would normally. And, and it would it would be it would be so strange. But but hopefully, what would be nice, if, if, if we can't actually physically open the theatre, then hopefully we could still maybe get together if you know we were allowed to do that and and you know film something or record something or do something um i, th I think i think that would be something we would we definitely could, want we to could do something to because we've got you know we've, the, we've got the technology you know we've got people like ryan and all that could do a pizzazzy type production for us you know yeah. we could have used green yeah. screens and all that jazz and you know and have a laugh track Yes. You might get more laughs. As long as I can have control of the button. Can I have control of the button? <laughs> yeah, you can. But, of course, um, love that, that, that sounds good. And, you know, it would be difficult, though, really, um, for Alan to get his dress on and get his dress into that wee screen there, wouldn't it? I mean, that's the tricky thing, you know. If they're always well, on so Thursday laughing. nights when we have the, the Zoom meetings, I often wear a dress. <laughs> 
and the guys that absolutely you guys are really enjoy happy. it yes. <laughs> sometimes you take to dress up yes it's just, it's just like the interval. It's just like the interval at the King's Theatre. He sits there in his bra and his pants and we sit and have a, a blether and a glass of something. The thing is, fellas, we have more laughs uh, in the dressing room at the intervals. And Andy worked out last year just how many hours we'd actually talked over the last 20 years just in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you count up all those 15 minutes twice a day, seven weeks for 20 years. There's hundreds of hours of absolute... And nobody to hear you. <laughs> Probably some of the best one-liners, however. But of course, well, all, all that we can't use, but there's some good ones. <laughs> very, very, very moment, very funny moments in there. Yeah. I wish I said that. <laughs> <And> of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, Alan, you've been busy. You, you know, you have a recording studio to hand, it seems, and you've been recording uh, your thing for Captain Tom or Major Tom or who, whatever we're supposed to call him, Sir Tom now, yeah, isn't he? He is now, yes. Sir, Sir, Sir Captain. Yeah, I, I come up. We had a funny chat one night again in our Panto um, Zoom meeting, and I said, I, I can't get anybody to look at my videos. I said, I get about fifteen hundred. I said, it's just getting me down. No matter what I do, and then all of a sudden, I woke up two days later, come up with the idea, <clears throat> recorded it, videoed it, put it out, and got like what well, all in all about seven hundred and fifty thousand which was unbelievable for me however i didn't come close to what mr stock got with his that's fife or save lives which yeah. was brilliant he went to well over a million that was i think well it was a funny thing because we've talked about this before and i i, I genuinely don't think you can plan a viral video viral videos you can stick videos out after video after video and and some will just catch on and and I think that was that was definitely the case for me. There was there was one Facebook page, but I don't know how it happened. I didn't even know who the guy is, but he shared it on his Facebook page, and he had someone in America. So then it started getting spread all across the states, and he's his his Facebook page is set at one point two million views just on his page on Facebook. So it's just it's just nuts. It's just nuts. But you can never plan it. It's a timing thing, it really is. Blame though, because I've never been close to anything like that. And all of a sudden, people writing to me from Australia and going, so I've just had this scent. Is it you? All that type of thing. It's, it's just quite incredible what happens when something starts to move. Yeah. and But of course, um, were both of them to raise money for charity? I know Alan's was. Was yours, Grant, was that to raise money as well? Or? No, no. I literally just stuck out there. It was never a plan to, <clears throat> as I say, it was just one of these things. Look, I've just, I've, I've done it. I came up with it. I had the wee idea. Uh, I started writing it on the Sunday and and then it went out on the, I think it was the Wednesday. By the time we'd recorded it, written it, recorded it, edited the video and stuck it out. It was like two or three days. So it was just a bit of fun to put out there. And um, uh, no, so Alan was the, the fundraising captain, yeah. Good. How much did you raise, Alan, for NHS? 20, 20, nearly twenty. Two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've taken up your expenses. <laughs> but I'm not, I don't know whether that's plus that or whether that's it net. <laughs> uh, Single-handedly keep the economy afloat. <laughs> the nurses were indebted to me. They were we're crying outside the door. Oh, thank you. <laughs> The, the nurses were doing a wee clap for Alan every Friday at 8 o'clock for all his fundraising efforts over there. 
Yeah, that was a kind of a strange thing. There were some people who did and some people who didn't uh, go out and clap for the, the carers or whatever. But, you know, Panto is, for all of you, such a big thing and all these performances, uh, you know, over the, the 10 weeks. Um, so if it does go ahead in any shape or form, you better tell me who you're playing and uh, in Sleeping Beauty. Um, Jordan, you're up. Come on, you tell me who, who you're playing. Uh, if Sleeping Beauty goes ahead, I shall be playing Models. Models. Which, um, models will be the a daft boy of dumb description. <laughs> and uh, Alan? Andy and I will be king and queen, won't we, Andy? Yes, or yeah. Sleeping Beauty. I've been talking to Michael. And, uh, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. Just to give you a wee rest of the same said, said, Sleeping Beauty, he said, he said I could keep the beard as well. I was just saying, it was also a nice way of making sure you can get a rest in the second half. Grant, who are you playing again? Carabos is the is the female villain uh, in uh, the sort of she's like an evil sorceress who casts a spell uh, on on beauty and sends us to sleep for a hundred years. And the whole timing of it was was quite nice. Obviously, everything's changed, but it was you know this was going to be the last panto at the kings before before the refurbishment happened. So <clears throat> it was this quite nice idea of you know putting the kings to sleep. For a couple of years while we, uh, well, the refurbishment took place, so that's all up in the air as well now. Exactly. Of course, it was really Alan Stewart who, with his big, big variety show, he put the kings to sleep. Actually, I did. <laughs> what was it? I got. We finished on Saturday night, on the Monday morning, boom, all gone. It was quite, quite extraordinary. I got away with it by the skin of my teeth. I know the man who closed the kings. Jeez. Yes, <laughs> closed a few places, but I didn't think I'd ever close the Thank what? you for pointing that out, Phyllis. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd better get my, my so one line. That be the headline of the article, Phyllis. Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, the rest of you can go now. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, what is it, though, about Panto? Is it just pure escapism? I mean, for you as well as for the audiences and the kids and everything, it's such a thing, you know, for... All Scottish audiences, somehow. Well, British audiences, I guess. Right, the first time the Scottish audiences, because it's like slightly different in Scotland, Panto, and it has been because it was, you know, it was based in kind of you know Scottish music hall and all that, and you know, and I think we we have a peculiar brand of um, of pantomime up here that kind of goes around around the country, and I think that's a, that's a kind of healthy thing because it does encompass everything. It's drama and it's music hall and it's. It's you know beautiful scenery and beautiful costumes and it's got everything really you know. I think I think the fact though that it's a team here, and uh, Kudos have done that throughout different parts of the country. There's teams. They've now got a good team in Glasgow, and and the the fact that we're a team is the fact the way we can put this on. I mean because we we know we know each other so well, and the crew at the theatre knows us so well, and the lighting and the does everyone. It's, it goes like that, and it works so quickly. That's the amazing thing about it. I think as well, there's a, speaking for myself, I think I am speaking for the boys, well, I know I'm speaking for the boys, that we love what we do. We absolutely love it. It's, yeah. You know, it's of course it's work and it's about money and it's about earning a crust and stuff, but genuinely, I think, hand on heart, the thought of not having a panto is devastating. You know, it it's, is. It's, oh, it's not a you know, it's, I mean, for me, I've done 20 years in the bounce. I think the boys, you know, triple that easily, um, what I've done. And it's we're, we're all so, so passionate about it. And that's what I think, you know, makes a good panel as well. If you've got people that care about it and not just folk turning up for the money, which, you know, I'm not whoever, 
you know, there's some theatres in the world that do have that. I, but I actually feel that I've coped very well with everything else. I've just gone, well, I've lost all my work for the whole year and, and I've just kind of gone, well, that's that's the way it is. But the thought of losing Panto is is really, as you said, devastating to me. It is, and it's a big it's a big part of our lives, you know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's it's two two and a half months of of the whole year, uh, which is you know that's a massive chunk of of of, of your life, <clears throat> and we've done that every year for you know as as, as a team for since two thousand beyond, and so to think what we're, what we're going to do if we don't have that to do, it's just going to be really bizarre. I had I had one year out of Panto in nineteen ninety nine, where for whatever reason it didn't happen. And I'd only been doing Panto at that point for about six or seven years, so I was by no means uh, I'd, I'd, I'd done as many as I am now. But I remember that year. It was like I was I was walking about the house here like a bear with a sore head because I knew I was wanting to be somewhere else. I knew where I wanted to be. I knew what I wanted to be doing. And you're like that the day after we close. <laughs> well, yes, well, it is. <clears throat> and that, that's another thing. It's the, the, it's the biggest downer. It's the biggest downer when it when it when it finishes and. You know, and Jordan nails it there because it is not a job. It's, yes, it is. It's, it's, it's part of our career. It's part of what we do. But we don't just say, oh, it's a gig. Oh, it's part of my, my diet. It's, it, we love it. We care about it. We're passionate about it. We we are very protective about it. We're very defensive about it. If anybody wants to have a, a pop at what we do, then they better have a good reason for it to and and, and, and then we'll take it on. But we, we care about what we do. We care about what we deliver to the audience every year. And uh, it's and I can, you know, can assure everyone watching this who Who's, who's worried about missing the panto, we will be there with you. We will, we will miss it as well if it, if it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's a, it would be a big loss, I think, for everybody. But then, you know, this year is uh, a very different year for all of us. That's uh, that's part of the problem. Oh, God, you're so de- depressing me, Phyllis. I was really happy when you were You're just so depressing me. I forgot that we might not do the panto and I forgot there was a lockdown and everything and just, you brought it all up. What the hell? You're just going for your first walk in months. <laughs> I'm sorry. It'd have been worse if we were all like, well, there's no panel. What? What's it? Imagine we finished this Zoom interview and we got to Michael Harris. Michael, Phyllis was saying there's a chance there might not be a bloody panel. I've already talked to my accountant. <laughs> The thing is, if you all love it so much, it's not work anyway. That's what they say, you know. You you love something, it's not really like going to work. So, uh, you know, and it's not clear that you do. It's clear that you do, even though you only have about you know a week's rehearsals before you actually do the panto. I've seen you in rehearsals, and uh, you know, there's clearly um, you know part you- of the. I think part of the enjoyment for you guys is that old. Um, well, we'll see how it goes on the night, and maybe it'll go this way, and maybe it'll go that way. How dare you? <laughs> we rehearse it to the we rehearse it to the finest I mean, detail. It looking like that, but it's not. I trust you. Trust us, it's not. We <laughs> just go out there and have a laugh, and we do have a laugh, but it's worked out meticulously. But the, the thing is, that we work we work things out. But it's like everything else, you know. We, we can work and work and work on the rehearsal floor, and we will laugh, and we, and people can enjoy it on the rehearsal floor. And then sometimes you get out in front of an audience, and you just feel, oh, that didn't work as well as we thought it would. But so what we do is instead of letting it sit there for seven and a half weeks, we will badger away at that and hone that and make sure with because we, we give it the rule of three. We give a gag, isn't it? The, a three three chance rule, three three strikes and it's out. If it does get a laugh three times in the row, then then it goes. 
Same for the turkey gag. We did the turkey gag the whole run. <laughs> the classic costume gag. Beautiful. Every day. Eighty-six thirty seconds of silence. <laughs> I did... <laughs> in the office with Michael Harrison, the producer, and we were both had tears running down. Oh, is this, is this the funniest? Is the oh, that great. He said, I'll put that in the other panthers as well. Well, I've got to tell you. Because I've actually, I've actually managed to get it right out of my head. I never want to think about it again. <laughs> the turkey bag. Never mind. Oh, Andy, came, Andy came on dressed as a turkey. Didn't get a laugh. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that was the other one. That was the other turkey gag. No, 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 no. That, that he was that a was chicken. Alan's, Alan's turkey. <laughs> no, it was a turkey. <laughs> well, that was Alan's. Alan's turkey gag was something that was written down on paper, which oh, was which which was where it should have stayed. <laughs> In the bathroom. The turkey gag. You're the expert. Who writes these pantos? Is it all? I mean, somebody else writes them, and then you guys put in your Tuppenworth here and there, yeah. Tuppenworth, Tuppenworth, Tuppenworth. Two and six. Yes. <laughs> Thirty beds. So, am I right about that? I mean, the, the actual. Yeah. So, is it Alan McHugh writes the basic story, mm -hmm. which then goes to Ed Curtis, our director, and Michael Harrison, and then I get involved in uh, earlier on, maybe about July, June, July. And I put in some sketches and then it goes off to Andy and Grant and Jordan and everyone says, well, how about this and how about that? And then the, the main work is done on the floor in the rehearsal room, I would say. You know, we, we've got the basis of, of a good script and then we all go, oh, how about, how about this? And Andy will make a word that's not funny, funny, just by the way he says it. And Grant will sing that song. And that's that. <laughs> he does he does that quite often. Yeah, I've done. I've no, been... well, well, the thing. No, well, well, the thing. What what I've enjoyed doing over the last few years is actually writing the songs, rewriting the songs that they give me. They've they've given me uh, songs that have been written for the panto, usually sort of character led. So I've I certainly the last sort of two or three years I've taken the the the, the songs that I've had and made them more for Edinburgh, more about. You know, wheelie bins. More about uh, hips and hearts, and you know, I had to re. I was frantically rewriting my song last year between matinee and evening because my song was all about uh, the hips and hearts management setup. Uh, I'd rewritten the show must go on, and it was all about hips sacking their manager, hearts sacking theirs, and so I'd come up with this great idea during rehearsals about you know we'll make it all about the, the football teams, and so it was great. But of course, hearts then appointed a manager at five o'clock on a Saturday night after the matinee had gone down. So I had to rewrite the show, the rewrite the song for the show at night and then try and remember it and not sing the old words. <clears throat> but um, I, I love that. Before that, in rehearsal, I said to you, I think there's going to be a move at hearts, by the way, mate. You said that boy Stendhal at Barnsley. He's, the boy Stendhal is going to go. <laughs> no, that's when he arrived, Andy. Oh, sorry, he's going to arrive. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> but he's now gone. He's now been sacked. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> well, you'd have a good song about the Jambos do, wouldn't you? You'd have a cracker or something. Yes, exactly. So what does the summer hold for you guys now then? What, uh, any, have you got any um, 
and all of the same life the same yeah, yeah. Just well, my stop. Is, is I always go from the month of august to la and i was really looking forward to it again i've been doing it for years mm. and years and years we all go over and that's gone obviously mm. so it's just that's the hardest part of it not knowing when you're going to go back to some kind of well we're getting a wee bit back to normality but proper mm. normality well, the, the funny thing is, I've I've been I've been very lucky out of, out of everyone here that yeah I've worked and I've worked, you know, obviously the last event thing that I did was Alan's show in March, and then we all went to lockdown, and my diary just sort of fell off a cliff. But I have the work with the BBC, so I had the Wednesday and the Thursday afternoon show, so that was obviously still going to go in air. We had to completely change the the format of the show, and then because the football went off. They had gaps in the schedule, so I was I was commissioned to do my vinyl show on a Friday night, uh, and that stayed. So I'm I'm kind of working three days a week on on the radio, and then you know you add on to that the sort of prep time that you got to do for on the Tuesday. So I've been really busy, and and it's I've not had certainly what Claire and the kids have had here in the house that sort of grey uh, groundhog day. It's just what what day is it? It's just all kind of relentless lockdown. I've had a real routine, and I, and I've been I've been very fortunate, very fortunate to stay busy. I I think to a degree I've had that too, Grant, because I've been producing, you know, we've been producing newspapers and all sorts yeah. every month, so we're trying to do a bit of everything. But um, the other thing I did want to ask you about was about was a wee bit about the redevelopment, which of course has been put back. Will that mean that you have to come up with another panto for next year? We were going to go to the festival and do it anyway, so oh, right. it wasn't we were stopping Panto. We're just going to stop in the Kings, then move to the festival. So now we'll just do one more year at the Kings. Yeah. Two more years, who knows? Yeah. But at the moment, probably one more year at the Kings. Because the festival theatre would be completely different, wouldn't it? It'd be a completely different would show. Yeah. I was actually looking forward to it. I thought, what a change! Much, much bigger stage. Mm -hmm. Just the whole ambience is different, and I thought it'd be good. Actually, I thought yeah. it'd be quite interesting. Be, be nice, yeah, mm. quite nice to have the to have the kings in a kind of an upgraded um, state as well in due course, wouldn't it? Be quite nice. It'd be good to... actually. It'd be nice to see that. Long overdue. <clears throat> the old dressing room with the you know the collar, the typhoid. Verukas, 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 Daniel Veruka. <laughs> oh no, that's dreadful. And the, and the mouse, remember the mouse, Grant, the mouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so all in all, your best, uh, your best experiences are the ones you have together, and you're keeping it going in Zoom, Zoom yeah, land. Yeah, the great fun, aren't they? Jordan's. Oh, that's the always writes the next day saying, "What a great night that was!" And we all missed. <laughs> <laughs> that last Thursday, uh, I was so laughing. It was a brilliant night. It was yeah. just nonsense, absolute <laughs> nonsense. Drink involved. I have to say, there is drink involved, which helps to make it even funnier. Jordan said to me, "You were a bit drunk the other night." I said, "Well, don't think so." She says, "You were roaring and laughing. I had tears coming down my eyes." And Grant had bought something. <laughs> <laughs> Grant had bought something on Amazon that we thought was funny, and then I bought something, and then Andy had the PS Resistance Pro, his <laughs> Cherokee shirt made out. <laughs> we have less than a minute, guys, so not to take up any more of your time, and thank you very okay. much for joining us. I'm going to let you all go back to London, Edinburgh, and Perthshire, I think, is where we are all. In Glasgow. 
Oh, in Glasgow, Glasgow, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Thank Hopefully you. see you all at Christmas time. Thank you. See you, madame. Hopefully see you at Christmas time. 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 You've heard about the Tooth Fairy, right? <laughs> what? What? I'm only new. What's going on? See you soon. Bye. Thank Bye. you so much, Bye. guys. Cheers, fellas. Thank you, Bye. Bye. See you, boys. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk Thank you.